Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here today with Britta Green-Violet, and we're going to discuss creativity, courage, and conscious leadership in action. But before we swing into that, I would invite you to be a little curious and perhaps a little courageous even, and get to know yourself a little bit better by going to superpowerquiz.us. I created this quiz to introduce you to your own particular set of gifts, your own superpowers that you brought into this existence in order to forge your unique and amazing path through this life. So you can check that out at superpowerquiz.us and give yourself 60 seconds of focus to learn a whole lot more about yourself. On that note, I will now swing over and introduce our guest. Britta is a singer, songwriter, and creative mastery mentor, a conscious leadership coach. She guides leaders and visionaries to speak truth, to liberate their voice, befriend their body, create from the heart, and bring their most sacred contribution to life. The published author of Eat Here Now, a bite-sized guide to ritualize your life, nourish your body, and feed your spirit. Britta's work is informed by over a decade of study, research, inquiry into the fields of leadership, embodiment, integrative nutrition, creative expression, communication, yoga, mindfulness, plant medicine, ministry, sound healing, and music. In other words, she does it all. <laughs> Welcome, Britta. It's so good to have you with me here today. Thank you so much. It's really good to be with you. Oh, wow. You have a whole bunch of roles that you have stepped into in your world. And I know you're extremely intuitively guided, which is part of the reason that we brought you here today. But what was life like before? Was there a time before? I know a lot of us are raised to forget or repress who we actually are. Mm -hmm. Yes, there was certainly a time before. And how I would characterize that time before is not feeling at home in my own body. Can you and give me an example of how that would show up for you? Yeah, I I was always really um, athletic as an adolescent and loved being outside and running around. And I have this memory that's coming up right now um, of playing soccer and being on this club team and really putting my whole heart and soul into it and then having my dad make a comment to me about how I would be faster if I lost some weight. <gasps> and, you know, it wasn't, I don't want to paint him to be the villain in the situation because I was heavier than I wanted to be and then was comfortable, but I could never, I couldn't figure it out. It was like, yeah. I was so athletic and always moving my body and playing sports. And my parents were great cooks. So I ate really well. And yet I carried this extra weight and just felt kind of alien in my own body. Like, I don't yeah. understand how this thing is supposed to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a disconnect here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I could see that. So you're, you're feeling a little odd in your body. That was one of the things you noticed from the before time. Mm -hmm. what, what else was going on before you really got dialed in? I also always felt sort of, well, maybe not sort of, but like a rebel. Like there were always these pieces of me coming out from a very young age. Like my mom has stories about me um, fooling her into thinking that I was going to wear one thing to school picture day uh -huh. and then like taking off my sweatshirt and having some other thing underneath that she was horrified about. <laughs> Why did you pick that? <laughs> yes. um, yeah. And in, uh, in high school, actually my first uh, real serious relationship, the first time I fell in love was with another woman 
And that was very surprising to me because I didn't see that coming. Um, so it feels like there were always these pieces of me that really felt like pieces of my soul. It wasn't like my mind thinking it through that wanted to try something different, that wanted to kind of rebel against the norm or against what was being imposed on me as normal. Mm-hmm. And I never, you know, being being so young, I don't think I ever really thought it through. I never really considered what does that mean about me? And what does that say about me? And what does that say about society? Oh, and God. yeah, <laughs> now there's I, a whole another rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> so I think that was another piece of like before of not fully understanding that quality in myself and maybe always feeling mm, guilty, like I was letting people down for the way that I was, or that I should feel shame for the way that I was rather than really embracing that part of me. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. So how long did you kind of live your life in this mode of being the the closet rebel and and not really connecting all the dots? Yeah, it, it, well, you know, I, I would say probably my early 20s, um, Mm -hmm. I met my first spiritual mentor, um, right around that time, probably when I was about 20 years old, and she was a Native American woman, and she started to a gay Native American woman, I will add. Um, So, she started to plant these beautiful ideas and maybe just water the ideas of the seeds that were already inside of me around accepting myself and looking outside culture and society into the natural world and really embracing spirit in a way that felt really natural to me, but I had never had somebody teach me about that and somebody nurture that in me. So that was a big turning point. Um, I would love to dig mm -hmm. into that a little deeper. Yeah, Yeah, please. (laughs) So so finish your thought, but then I want to go back to that. Mm, Well, that really correlates. It dances with this period of my life. I would say that happened like in the years leading up to me having this kind of physical sexual revolution in myself of really coming home. So that's another part of it. But I have to say, you know, I don't even know that I've connected these in my head before, but I feel like there's a real connection (laughs) in meeting her and then having this um, yeah, awakening all, in my body. All kind of come together, exactly. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how, how did you meet your first spiritual teacher and how did you know she was the one? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a great story. I met her. <laughs> I was going to uh, college at Humboldt State University in Northern California, and I um, auditioned to be a cast member in the Vagina Monologues. Oh, okay. Which, um, if you know about that, it's, you know, a global campaign. um, And at the time, it was happening every year across the country at college campuses. They were putting on this this production. And it it was a real almost scandal the moment that it they started having that conversation. Yes, of course. Of <laughs> I course. I do remember this, <laughs> which of course is why I was exactly why I was drawn to it. I was yeah, like, exactly. ooh, getting on stage and talking about vaginas—that sounds very let's, taboo. Let's up. do that. Yes, <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. So I auditioned. I got in, and um, this woman, her name is Carmen Baraka. She was another one of the cast members. And actually every year, at least then, I'm not sure how they do it now, but there was a focus kind of point. And um, Eve Ensler, as she went by at that point, um, had written this whole piece for Native American women. And so Carmen stepped into the cast as kind of the front woman, um, there were several other younger Native American women as well. But when I met her, she was 
uh, middle age, even though she looks incredibly radiant and young and youthful. And I just immediately was drawn to her and everything that she brought to this cast of, you know, maybe 30 women was just, I was just magnetized by her, by her presence and her, um, she, she carries so beautifully something that I've come to appreciate more and more, which is that she walked in this way of one foot in spirit and, and one foot in activism mm. and equally walking that path. So she was also an advocate for Native American women and girls and the Native peoples of this continent and... Yeah. So it was really, I just was so drawn to her. And then for whatever reason, she actually sort of singled me and three of my dear friends who were also in the cast out. And she, as the show came to a close, invited us to her home and called us her four directions and invited us into ceremony. And that began a 20-year relationship of learning from her, becoming a dear friend of hers and lifelong student of hers. That's lovely. Yeah. Beautiful. And she actually just passed this, this last year very suddenly and it was very untimely. And so as a side note, you know, it's really sweet for me to talk about her because this past year was a really big initiation of, seeing her go beyond into the next phase. Well, and it's almost like a when a parent passes, it's like you have your own sort of, uh, what do I want to say, initiation into a different role mm-hmm. when that, that guidance departs. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Certainly. I feel that 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 role that she carried of of spirit warrior which was actually her um her native name spirit warrior and being this this advocate this this woman who she actually spoke at the united nations on behalf of women and girls several times so um maybe we'll get to this later but <laughs> as i've become more more invested in and passionate about social change and social justice and looking at the the state of the world right now, I more and more deeply can really appreciate how she just walked that line of being so spiritually tuned in and yet also so tuned in to the world and willing to show up equally in, in both spaces and hold it all at once. Yeah, and it's a real trick to walk with a foot in both worlds. I have great respect for people who do that. I I endeavor. One of these <laughs> days, I'm sure I will get good at it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell me about how you went to the next level of awakening and really stepping into the fullness of you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think... Around that time, my weight really maxed out. Like I, I got hev- the heaviest that I ever became and the most uncomfortable in my body that I ever became, which was so interesting how that was happening at the same time that I was really uh, s- discovering and playing in, in my own sexuality and sensuality. Um, and I had a, a pretty intense moment of being on the East Coast with my boyfriend at the time, visiting his grandparents, and we were out to eat at a restaurant, and the waiter came up to me and said, oh, congratulations, you're pregnant? Oh, and I was my, the presumption. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Never. Don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Bad, bad. So that was deeply shaming for me. I I felt so ashamed. And the boyfriend I was with at the time was one of those many men who has like 
super human metabolism and just could do whatever he wants and be totally fit and toned and healthy. And, um, and again, that, I feel like that was really the moment of like, I have to figure this out because it it was like the scraping my face on the bottom of the barrel. Like Mm. this, this is unbearable just to be in this, not only just feeling awful in my body, but really feeling helpless and clueless. Like there is something that I am not getting that I'm missing. And as somebody who I considered to be fairly mindful and healthy and health conscious and to still be that disconnected. Exactly. It's like, oh my goodness, (laughs) what do I have to do here? Right? (laughs) Yes. We are headed up on our first break already. Can you believe it? And so if you're out there in listener land and you're joining us today, our soul leaves us hints and gives us breadcrumbs we need to follow to Take us down the roads we planned to experience, the things we planned to do when we were here. And they will frequently show up in these mystery sort of ways, like Britta was just describing. It's like, I'm doing all the right things, and yet I'm not getting the two plus two equals four result that I'm told I'm supposed to get. So I would invite you to take your pen and your paper and to spend a few minutes with your own memories and your own life experiences and see if you can parse out some of these two plus two does not add up to four experiences in your life and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice America talk radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here with Britta Green-Violet. And she was sharing with us this moment of awakening where her soul was looking to get her attention and got it in the form of a very presumptuous waiter. So <laughs> where where did you take this realization from there? Well, I I wish I could say, you know, I went home from that trip and everything turned around. And of course it's it, never that quick. <laughs> no, no, no. But the the next few years unfolded in a really beautiful way and uh, some really key pieces started to drop into my life. Um, mm. And 
one Can of you them. Share, yeah, share the pieces. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yes. So I, you know, interestingly enough, one of the pieces that dropped in that was totally unexpected was that a dear friend of mine became obsessed with hula hooping, like hula oh. dancing, yeah, with hula, uh-huh. which was all the rage there for a while, and. I So, of course, she was one of my best friends. I started picking up the hula hoop, and I always have loved dancing. I've been obsessed with music since I was a kid. And so this new uh, learning this new skill of basically hoop dancing is like dancing, but with a prop. And so as I started to learn with her and practice all these tricks, and I would come home from work and, you know, throw on a record or an album and start hula hooping. And then an hour would go by and I was like a sweaty, drenched mess. And and just ecstatically exhausted. <laughs> yeah, totally blissed out. Yeah. And what do you know, the weight started to melt off my body. Oh, interesting. And so this was the first time where I really started to put together, oh, this isn't me working out to lose weight or like being athletic even. This is me seeking joy. This yes. is me seeking joy in in my heart and in my body. And as a side effect, P.S. <laughs> Your body right sizes. <laughs> like the body starts to come into balance. Yeah. And that was such uh, an awakening for me of, oh, it doesn't, you mean it doesn't have to be work and I don't have to go to the gym and I don't have to do reps and I don't have to. I don't have you know, to deprive myself and yeah. I don't have to diet. You know, I don't. It doesn't have to be suffering. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So that was a several year love affair with hula hooping, in which my body came much more into balance. My weight came into a place where I felt healthier than I had ever been. My relationships were feeling really healthy. My creativity was was thriving. I was kind of moving um, out of my college years. And so all of this was happening at the same time of sort of adulting in a new way as my body started to to really hone itself and come into this place of harmony and equilibrium. Nice. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely lovely. So that was one of the pieces. Yes, that was one of the pieces. And another piece was... I had a friend. So uh, another piece that I, I didn't mention was that when I was 19 year old, years old, I was diagnosed with a pituitary adenoma, which is a oh. um, benign tumor of the pituitary gland. Yes. So the reason why I found out about this was I stopped having my period for about three years as a teenager, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so through all this time, uh, P.S., and this is interesting that it also relates through through this whole kind of early, mid 20s, late 20s, I was forcing myself to take this medication mm. that my endocrinologist had basically said, you're going to have to take this for the rest of your life yeah. unless the medication just gets rid of it, which it doesn't typically do. Okay, Um, thank you. Here's your lifetime medicine. (laughs) Yes. So I had a lot of resistance around this. And I didn't, again, here's like the disconnect is, of course, I wanted it to heal, I wanted to be healthy. So I was trying to take the medicine, but I had so much resistance. I mean, I literally hated it. I hated it. It was like uh, everything in me just was tormented and bitter. It was like bitterness around this. It was like a life sentence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, 20-year-old woman, you're taking this for the next 65, 75 years. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, I I was talking to a friend who – who was into some holistic healing modalities. And I was telling her about this experience that, that I was having. I was really getting to a breaking point of feeling like, I don't know what to do because I, 
I'm not even doing a good job of taking this. So it's like, I'm trying to take it, but I'm failing. And then I go back to my doctor and I have to tell him that I've just been. And you're failing and. Failing. Yes. And, and she said to me something around the lines of, I have to wonder if you hate taking it so much, if it's actually doing anything for you. Ooh, there's a powerful insight. Yes. Question. (laughs) And I remember driving. I remember that I was driving in my car with my earbuds in when she asked me that. And it was like, I remember the moment on the road, like what it looked like in that moment, because I had never given myself permission to even ask that question before. It's a huge, Um, huge mental shift. mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Huge. So then it was like, oh, okay. So I can either overcome, I can either just surrender and keep taking the medication, which I was not ready to do, or I can look for other modalities. Like this is not, what if this is not the only answer? Exactly. What then that was, that was like the beautiful doorway that led into discovering essential oils, looking into breath work, visualization, manifestation. It was just like the, the kind of gateway into holistic healing, um, yoga, meditation, eventually holistic um, nourishment and going through an integrative nutrition health coaching program. So that's wow. really what got me all the way to the point of Oh, okay. So there are lots of tools and I have literally been thinking there's one, there's tool. one. I hate it. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's one no tool. I'm stuck with it for my life. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's two things. Was there another thing that kind of brought you into your, your fullness? Mm. Yeah. I met some other spiritual mentors. I started working with some various forms of plant medicines and doing some psychedelic journey work. And that, of course, was a huge wormhole (laughs) into opening my heart, opening my mind, liberating myself in ways that I did not see coming. Um, And one of the biggest gems that came from that that comes from that, I should say, was um, another very major spiritual mentor for me who I met said, if you're looking to grow your spiritual practice, start a music practice. Mm. And that was, so I had already mentioned that as a hooper and, you know, I had always been obsessed with music. I grew up as a child of like the grunge era outside of Seattle. (laughs) So (laughs) the center of the grunge scene. (laughs) So I was definitely uh, that girl with the dad and the brother who were musicians who played guitar And I always saw myself as a music collector, as an amateur DJ, as a music enthusiast, but not a music maker, not a music creator. And that invitation led into another incredible lifelong wormhole of becoming a singer and an instrumentalist and a songwriter. And that incredibly enough, led to me meeting my beloved, who became my husband, who is now my main musical collaborator. Oh, awesome. So it's like all of these uh, beautiful practices got just (laughs) crunched together. Um, And I have to just give so much honoring to music in my life. It plays a huge role. And I know that you have a deep appreciation for the chakra system. So as I, that was another one of the pieces that that was in my toolbox and really, you know, learning, um, learning about the chakra system and the fifth chakra reading in a book is one thing to actually liberate my voice and work all the, all the, I mean, I often just say like, 
all our shadow comes up when we start to liberate our voice. Oh, absolutely. It's like the judgment and the humiliation and the shame and the, you know, the vulnerability. Oh my gosh. The perfectionism. It's, it's endless spiritual lessons and I love it so much. (laughs) That's that's beautiful. That is so, so beautiful. So I love that you've had like this unfoldment and all of these different aspects of yourself that are flowering. Mm -hmm. And I know it's very common for those of us on the spiritual path to have a bunch of like seemingly diverse interests. And then one day, (laughs) like the kaleidoscope clicks just so and the picture comes together and it's like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do with all this stuff. Mm Did you have one of those moments? Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm still having those moments. But, you know, as when I became a a health coach, um, that was my focus for the first couple years of opening my coaching practice. I was doing holistic health coaching and really focusing mainly on the intersection between nutrition and mindfulness and movement. And so weaving all of that in and embodiment was really, you know, a central focus because that was such, that was really the, the ground of my own healing. And as I worked through these, these layers of, unfolding and blossoming, as you say, it was like these other pieces started to come in. And I mean, what you said, I just started laughing because there were years of me feeling tormented of like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to be a health coach and a singer. Like, how do those things go together? I don't, it just doesn't doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Um, And what, you know, one of the beautiful pieces that, that started to weave that together was Um, teaching yoga and starting to shift from, I started out as more of a Hatha yoga teacher and doing active um, vinyasa and very strengthening um, heat building practices. And then later on, I started to move more into yin and restorative. And as I did that, I started to bring music in and bring sound healing in and sound baths. And as I did that, I got more and more feedback of basically people just letting me know that they loved it and they wanted more of that. And then soon I was getting requests for voice coaching, which totally blew my hair back. So I was like, (laughs) I've never even had singing lessons and you want me to teach you singing lessons? (laughs) Um, so that was beautiful and humbling because it was a fully intuitive process just me letting go of all of the constructs of what I thought was supposed to be included and letting my heart lead the way that's beautiful this really brings it into this, um, well, just what I said, like letting the heart lead the way. I feel like the more and more my work and all these layers continue to blossom, that's really what's come front and center is, oh, this isn't actually about health. It's not about music. It's not about embodiment. It's not about any one thing. What? So what is it about? And where I have landed is it's really about how we show up in the world and how we are present for ourselves and others. And that's really leadership, you know, whether it's like you're a yoga teacher or you're a mom, you're, you're, you are a leader. It's still leadership. I love that. We're already up on our second break. Can you believe it? (laughs) So if you are out there listening And if you've been in this circumstance where it's like, I've got all these diverse interests and surely they don't all go in the same bucket. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to invite you to take your pen and paper and just look at what these diverse interests are. Get them down on the piece of paper and then look at the ways you've been invited into those things in your life. 
uh, because oftentimes you will be invited into your own special conglomeration if you pay attention to the people around you and what they're telling you. So do this for yourself and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you, and go out and live soul first. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Welcome back, and thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here with Britta Green-Violet. And right before we went to break, she was telling us how all of her mystical experiences had actually eventually evolved into leadership. And I, I sensed a little bit of, like, surprise <laughs> in in that uh, realization. So why don't you pick that up and, and share with us how it became leadership and mm. where you went with that. Mm. Thanks for picking that thread out. I, you know, as we were just talking about, sometimes our, our zone of genius is, is, it's like, it's always been there. And we are trying so hard to find it that we're, we miss that it's like, oh, yeah, it's right here. It's the, yeah, it's the glasses that are sitting right on top of our head. <laughs> like the easiest thing that comes most naturally to you, that's it. So I feel like I have always been a leader. I am a Leo. I don't know if that's why, you know, it's like, sure, I could talk about astrology and all the things, but... Um, I could talk about my parents being teachers. I used to grow up going to school early with them. So a lot of my peers were the other teachers. Um, I feel like I can, you know, name all these reasons, but for whatever reason, the archetype of the leader, the teacher, the mentor, the guide has always been in me and it's always been accessible very easily, just right on top. Right and there, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and I think um, leaders come in a lot of different flavors mm-hmm. because you you mentioned your sun sign, you're a Leo. I'm a Libra, mm-hmm. but when I was in corporate, I worked in a data center. I mean, there were literally 40 other people in the room and it never failed. If someone walked into the room, they would walk right past the shift manager, they'd watch past it and they'd come right over to me. Mm. Every time. Mm-hmm. And so I think leaders just come in different flavors. And if you are naturally one, it just it exudes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I also feel like something that's interesting about leadership is that um, so often 
there's there's so much focus and for me a lot of torment around well, where should I focus my leadership? Where should I focus it? And what I'm coming to learn is that I could focus it wherever I want. And it's not, there's no one right area. There's no right answer. And that is really what- what That's most of life though. There is no one right answer. It makes me crazy when people come to me and go, I've got this choice. What's the right answer? It's like, well, now that's all very relative. Uh (laughs) Yes, yes. One of my favorite Abraham Hicks quotes is, you'll never get it right and you can't get it done. (laughs) <laughs> so like, give so give good. all that go let it go <laughs> yeah yeah so for me I feel like the beauty of landing finally I mean who knows for now but landing in this place of realizing that for myself the zone of genius is not any of the one places where I've stepped up to be a leader And that's happened in a lot of different communities and in a lot of different ways. And I love playing in those ways. Um, Like one example of that is that when I met my husband, Ben, we were living in Los Angeles and he brought me to this community choir, non-audition community choir. And I had never seen, experienced that type of singing before. And it was incredible and life-changing. And when we moved to Santa Barbara, there was no choir like that. And we asked our choir director in LA, like, what do we do? And she was like, well, guess you're going to need to start one. (laughs) (laughs) And so we ended up going to Canada to do a two-week immersive community choir leadership training. And then we went back and we started our own choir. And it was incredible. And we had an 80-person Uh, choir called the Encourage Chorus. And so that's just one example of like, again, I would have never guessed, you know, if somebody said, you're gonna, you're gonna start your own choir. And it's like, what? What? But, (laughs) But again, it's like flexing that muscle of, it's not actually about the choir. It's not actually about what it is that I'm coaching, it's about leading from the heart. It's about listening to the needs of my community and feeling into my own gifts and letting that flow. And so the more I've understood that, the more I've started to give myself permission that like, oh, okay, this is this is actually the thing. Leadership, getting out of our own way, letting our gifts flow through, bringing our most sacred contribution into the world. That's, that's the place. That's, that's the place. The thing. That, is, yeah. that is my joy and my delight and ease. It, there's so much ease in playing in that realm for me. So what has your work now involved in, evolved into? So my work has evolved into conscious leadership coaching and creativity mentorship, and, you know, really spiritual advisory as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, again, like that's a broad picture and could be applied to a lot of people, but where I'm really loving playing these days is working with people who are interested in integrating. So this kind of comes back to my mentor, Carmen, integrating their spiritual life, their the the divine, the the something greater than them, the mystery, integrating that with every day. Yes. Not having, spiritual awakening into the fabric of everyday life, which right. is why you're here. <laughs> that, that is the definition of integration. And yeah. I've really learned that so much through a lot of the the journey work that I've done. And more and more I realize that that is missing in our society. There's so much, I mean, healthcare is a great example of like, oh, something's wrong in your skin. Well, we'll just put something topical on the skin because it couldn't possibly be something going on in your gut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's like, this is this is holistic. <laughs> exactly. So well, our, our healthcare system does not deal with root cause. Right. It deals with symptomology. Yes. 98% of the time, which is a really, really unfortunate thing because it takes it from actually being a healthcare system to being an illness care system. Indeed. Yeah. Sadly, yes. 
And, and I feel like we could say that for any part of the culture, we could look at the oppressive, patriarchal, racist systems that are in place and say, that's, that's all a symptom of scarcity. That's a symptom of living in fear. That's a symptom of living with our hearts closed mm-hmm. from this oppressor power over there's not enough for all so i need to hoard and protect what's mine which really just goes in i mean if we're going to just aim the arrow right into the heart of spirituality it it's goes all about separation duality and yes exactly holding that dichotomy is such a tenuous dance and I'm loving learning that myself in real time and I'm loving sharing that with my clients and seeing how they can weave that in to their work whether they're a high level CEO or an attorney or uh, working at a hospital right it's like there is no place where that is not relevant and no place where it's not profoundly helpful because I found, although it can be really hard to live your life in this world in the state of oneness, okay, we we will sometimes touch it and then we'll come back and we'll touch it and we'll come back to separation. Uh, But just having been there and touched it creates ripples throughout your life that changes things in profound ways that you ought not to have any influence over, and yet you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's absolutely. absolutely right. And there's so, so many ways to express that, yeah. you know, whether it's through, um, through our creativity, through our communication, looking at our, our, our closest relationships. You know, so often I see people wanting to change the world, and yet they're estranged from their mom. Or yes. from your sibling, and it's like start, start close in. Yes, and make your make your peace here. Yes, recognize yeah. where the heart is closed. Recognize where where we have become disconnected from nature, from the cycles and rhythms that that is our birthright. It's and I find that so helpful. Like one of the things that I've that I've been doing all this year is offering free uh, sound baths and rituals on the new moon every month. Oh, lovely! And I love that practice because I love ritual ritualizing it. It's one of my mottos, and I love inviting people into that simple but potent remembrance that you don't have to do this alone. Like the moon is already cycling. If you just look to her, she'll tell you when it's time for renewal, when it's time for release, when it's time for rest, when it's time for energizing, right? It's like nature, the seasons will tell us when it's time to hibernate and when it's time to step outside. And yet we think we have to remake the wheel and come up with all of this <laughs> from but scratch. We yeah. can never yeah. do it better when another creature <laughs> does it. Absolutely. Well, we're down to the last three minutes of the show. And I know you brought a gift with you for our guests. So would you like to tell them what the gift is you brought? Yeah, my gift is a seven day mini course delivered straight to your inbox. And it's called Courageous Communication. Ooh, we could all use a strong dose of that. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Embrace your willingness and ability to show up, not only for yourself, but for your beloveds and the world you're co-creating. So it's really designed to help you up-level your communication in service of awakening your own potential and inspiring those around you to do the same. And it's got, of course, really beautiful intro and outro music, some singing, lots of play sheets, journal prompts. So it's very multimedia. And um, yeah, it's a little, it's really little something for everything that delights your heart. That's right. That's right. 
I love that. So if you would like to get connected with Britta Green-Violet, if you would like to take advantage of her seven-day program, uh, if you'd like to check out her website, you can go to SovereignSelf.media and she will be up at the top of the speaker page with all of that wonderful linkage and information attached to her. So we're down to just a minute or so in the show. Do you have a final word of wisdom that you would offer to someone who's sorting through their stuff and trying to find their voice and step into their leadership? Mm. I think my, my favorite piece that I'm chewing on right now is the word permissionary, which is a word Ooh. I learned from another mentor of mine. I was going to say, it sounds like a word that was created for a specific purpose. <laughs> yes, I learned it in the context of a grief ritual. And so becoming a permissionary means leading by example. It means having courage, being willing to be real, raw, honest, vulnerable, exposed, visible. Because for me personally, when I see somebody acting in that way, somebody who's willing to be witnessed, Mm -hmm. I will follow them all day long. And when it's somebody who is guarded and closed and putting on this, this front of having it all together, they're not accessible to me. No, yeah. it's like, I want somebody who's a human who I can relate to. So Beautiful. becoming a permissionary. I love that. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you to everyone who tuned in with us today. We appreciate that you came to play with us and listen and observe. Uh, and I would invite you to step just one little toe outside of that observer role. And maybe shoot me a little email. Ask Sophia at transformationspace.co. Send me a comment. So tell me how the show has been helpful to you, what you like, what you don't like, who you'd like to see, topics you'd like to see covered. Whatever falls into your heart is precisely what I would love to receive from you. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here.